Hi, and welcome back to my podcast, uh, Gina's Excellent Encounters, today number nine. And today with me is Sishan again, uh, which who you know from the Fostem episode, and uh, Shahin. Hi, Shahin. Hi, Gina. Uh, so we will be talking about, um, I guess, helicopters and airplanes and licenses and stuff like this. But before I do this, uh, uh, Shahin, please just introduce yourself shortly. Sure. Thanks for inviting me. Uh, so my name is Shahin. I'm 34, um, originally from Iran, but been uh, raised in Sweden. Moved here when I was five years old, and I'm an engineer. Uh, been working within the automotive industry with software and hardware development for the past eight years. Mm -hmm. And on my free time, one of my hobbies is uh, flying a single-engine piston aircraft. Single-engine what? <laughs> single-engine piston. Piston. Okay, what, what yeah. is it? It's uh, basically uh, the same type of engine you have in a car. Ah, I see. Okay. Carburetor-based. Yeah. Oh. Well, it can be fuel injection as well. Okay, okay. Cool. But it's not a jet engine. I, I see, I see. So it's... A so all the propeller engines are like this or not? No, you can have a jet engine with a propeller. It's called a turboprop. And uh, if you've uh, gone on a smaller uh, plane from uh, a regular airport, and they usually have uh, two propellers on them, that they're still jet engines, but they use propellers for propulsion instead of turbines. Ah, I see, I see. Okay. And uh, that requires more training to be able to fly those. Okay, okay, cool. Welcome. Um, so yeah, as I said, airplanes, and you started already. <laughs> but let's let's start a bit uh, earlier. Uh, so, so why, Sishan? Why why did you what, what's what? Uh, <laughs> why did you start wanting to to fly in your helicopter on yourself? Well, when I was little, there was a program called Airwolf. Oh, yeah. So um, I got really really into that. But mm -hmm. I was growing up in Pakistan and. Uh, the only way to do that was be like ganked military mm -hmm. and I didn't want to do that. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and I just forgot about the dream, but when I had a divorce, so I realized that, yeah, I think I should do something I've always wanted to do. And then I got into, uh, started doing, taking lessons. Um, yeah, that's how I got into it. Okay. So, because I mean, everybody has a dream, but a dream like this is, <laughs> it, it does cost a lot to just it, get the license. It and does. Everything. And I kind of broke myself a bit and, oh. I, and I have a pretty big loan to pay back. Oh, nice. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah. And, um, still I have only gotten to private pilot and mm -hmm. there's still a long way to go to commercial pilot. And I'm trying to figure out how to get there with a minimum of cost. Oh, okay. And that's your goal? <laughs> yes. I would like to be part-time at least a helicopter pilot. And in case after five years, I get really tired of IT. I, I have, um, another profession to go to. Yeah, it's a good plan. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you? Uh, for me, it's uh, just a hobby, so uh, it's not my ambition to work uh, commercially as a pilot. But okay. uh, the way it started was basically something I've been thinking about for a few years. And uh, growing up, I always liked these simulator games on a uh, computer. Well, mostly space mm. simulator games, so flying around in space, but that's not realistic. <laughs> uh, but usually the flight sims were more boring because there was so, mu okay. so much to learn just to be able to land. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. And I've been thinking about it for a few years, and uh, well, now f I finally had 
the money and uh, I don't have a family so mm. I have to spend my time on something and your money <laughs> exactly <laughs> <laughs> So I know, Sishan, you, you did your license in London. In London, yeah. yeah, uh, Because you lived there, I guess. Yeah. And does, so is it like with the car license so you can fly everywhere in the world? or Not, not exactly. Um, so the ISA license is uh, more strict than, for example, the American one. Okay. So it's more taken more seriously than any other. So it depends quite a lot on the countries. Um, but basically, if you fly off from from Sweden, for example, mm -hmm. um, and uh, you can you go to another country, so that it doesn't matter what li kind of license you have. I see. Uh, but if you want to fly from another country, and especially if you want to use their aircrafts, okay. then you need a license that. Uh, but, they but if you land accept. somewhere, no, it doesn't matter. Okay. As far as I know. Yeah, you can you can leave with your own aircraft. Yeah. Um, but if you want to rent a plane somewhere else. I think the license we have is valid in Europe, right? Yeah, it's at yeah, least Yeah, but Europe. if you want to do it, uh, say, the US or Australia, then you have to convert the license. And that's not it's not a huge deal. Yeah. Uh, typically, okay. you have to fill in some paperwork and take a flight with an instructor. Yeah. I see. And it's it's also about standards. So um, the standards in, U in EU are much higher than the US. So if you if they come someone comes from e, uh, US mm -hmm. they might need to do a lot more to get their license accepted. I know um an instructor who was in US who did his studies in US and after many years he came back to UK and his license was completely unacceptable to them and he had to study again and and he actually he gave up because it was so hard and he he realized he can't he can't manage the exams. Jesus. So, so yeah, it's 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 a bit bit of a yeah. We actually had a guy like that at our um, class this year. He had an American license, yeah. and he had to take all the theory classes here because, as you say, they had their requirements are lower than in Europe. Yeah, standards are much lower. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, interesting. But you're in the US quite often. Do you fly there also? No, I haven't yet because I just got my license like three weeks ago or something. Oh, I see. I see. But I would like to. Okay, congrats. <laughs> but I'm not going to tell that to immigration, to the border control. <laughs> I'm coming here to fly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm from Iran, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, uh, what, what more can you tell us? <laughs> uh, what do you want to know? Um, so, like, as you ask if it's like cars, right? So yeah. there's also the thing that Even in the same country, if you have a license and mm -hmm. you want to fly, some people might still want, many of them actually, at least in helicopters, want you to take um, um, a skill test, skill ride. Not, not a test, it's not a test, but they want you to show them that you actually can fly Okay. Um, because they can't like completely blindly trust your, yeah, your yeah, license. Yeah. Um, so that's that's also the case. It's not as simple as the car renting, oh. and also the, the people take it a lot more seriously. Mm -hmm. So, um, uh, like in here, when I came here, so at first they were like, "Okay, yeah, you can go with passengers because you have a license from England." But then I made a very small mistake, and then they were like, "Oh, we need you to take some lessons with us and demonstrate." And then they did that, and um after that they still want me to take less like um okay. take the instructor with me every second flight i see so in the beginning when you started flying here in sweden you had an instructor with you uh no just they just wanted 
me to show that I can fly, and I did. Okay. Um, and they were then okay with me taking taking passengers, and I did then. Okay, so but wh when uh, how did they know that you did a mistake? Because it was about fuel. So the rule is that when you come back, you come back always with at least 30 minutes uh, worth of fuel. I see. And I came back with less than 15 minutes. Okay. Um, okay. But the thing is, um, that's only for making sure that in case something you happens. had to divert somewhere else then you have sufficient fuel to okay. go somewhere else so you don't crash in the middle of gothenburg <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly so um, but still i didn't come anywhere near that i still had about 15 minutes of fuel so it wouldn't have happened but still uh, they mm. want to be yeah. extremely cautious yeah i mean it's it's a dangerous uh, thing yeah exactly a car it's also dangerous, but at least it doesn't crash. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's also a cost issue because uh, even if uh, the helicopter is insured, they're probably going to uh, yeah. have to uh, make a lot of spend a lot of money if he crashes it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, if something happens to him, yeah. while if you rent a car and just have a driver's license, uh, the insurance typically covers them. So they, it's not going to be a big deal for the rental company, even if you crash the car. Okay, I see. Yeah. So it's not a legal requirement what Zishan is describing here. It's more the people who rent the aircraft want to make sure that yeah. you're not going to crash it. Yeah, okay, okay. So if you have your own helicopter. Yeah, then no one's going to yeah. check you. I see. So I guess you don't have one? <laughs> <laughs> not yet. <laughs> no. okay. I don't think I'll ever have one, but <laughs> yeah. Okay, it's kind of expensive. It's, um, it's not the actual helicopter that's most expensive. It is expensive, but it's um, more the um, main maintenance. Yeah. I see, okay. Yeah. So even like small things, very, very small things, um, they will uh, like cost about thousands of pounds. Okay, because, so, and, and it's not only the because the work you probably could do yourself if you're into it. No, you can't. You're not allowed to because uh, even the smallest things, uh, uh, as, uh, if it's uh, something needs to be repaired, it has to be a certified engineer okay. who will do it. Is it the same with planes, I guess? Yes, yes. and uh, another thing is that there's a regular maintenance that has to be uh, performed, otherwise you're not allowed to fly the plane. So, And you have some components which must be replaced after being used a certain amount of hours, even if they are in full working conditions, mm -hmm. and that's for safety reasons. Okay. So every 50 hours you have to do uh, maintenance. That one can be done without being a, certifi a certified uh, mechanic, but every 100 hours it has to be served by a certified mechanic. Okay. And then, for instance, the engine you have to replace after 2,500 hours. And there's, uh, you can, I think you can extend it like once or twice, but you have to do it. So that obviously is a big expense. And there is also the oil. You have to change it uh, like completely every, every often. How much? There's some hours, like after a few hours of flying, you need to completely change the oil of the engine. Okay. Yeah. Is, is there, so between... If, Airplanes and uh, helicopters, is there a lot of the same regulations and so on? Or is it something? Yeah, it's, I think there are a lot of the same. And yeah. some, yeah. some things are different, of course, but lots of it is shared between different aircraft. And we even use um, uh, runways, like uh, fixed wings do. Um, most yeah. people think that air helicopter usually just come down like vertically and go up vertically. Yeah. But no, that's not the case. You you need a lot of power to do that. And you usually don't do that unless you need to and you have enough power. So how do you do uh, it? So you, you do something called a transition. So it's a bit like a takeoff. So you are in a hover, low hover. And when you're in a hover, there's something called ground effect. So because of the ground effect, you have like a 
um, more power available to you. Okay. And um, uh, you, what you do is like you start going faster and faster and faster mm-hmm. near, next near to ground. And at some point, when you reach forty knots speed, um, you get something called translation lift because the angle of attack of the blades become very efficient. And then you get a big boost in power, and then you let the helicopter go up, and then you go like more vertical than horizontal. Ah, but okay. at first you go just horizontal, oh, just okay. like a plane. Um, but it's not you don't need to go a lot as long as much as plane. Okay. So you don't need a lot yeah. of space, and also uh, you can do something in in the middle. Like uh, sometimes you don't have enough space, so you start going a bit up but at the same time forward forward up up forward and mm-hmm. then it's called a towering takeoff and also landing is the same so you you, you come so you, okay okay yeah um it's actually one of the hardest things to do in, in helicopter to do the approach right <laughs> ah, okay. because you could be coming f- um, faster than you should you could be coming very steep and um yeah it's there is a, also a, a danger of something called uh, vortex ring, which is um, uh, going down into in your into your own downwash. So when the propellers are running, so you're taking putting pulling some uh, air down. Okay. And if you start going into the same air that you're pulling down, so it starts circulating. Uh, so okay. you're not generating any lift anymore, and yeah. you can if you get into that uh, very soon, you'll be crashing into the ground. <laughs> um, so you you don't want that. And to avoid that, you need to, if you are descending uh, fast enough, you should your airspeed should be higher than at least 30 knots. So you need to also, when you are coming down, you need to make sure that you don't get into that zone. Okay, how do um, you make sure? Um, you just need to look at, keep looking at the numbers. Uh, see, your speed, if you're, if you're descending fast, you need to make sure that your speed is above 30 knots. If you're descending um, not very fast, then your speed could be lower. Okay. As well, is it much harder to fly a helicopter than a, a plane yes, like Shahin? I think it is. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think Kizishan can comment that since he hasn't flown a <laughs> fixed thing. So. I, can, I can comment because I flew with him <laughs> and I asked him to take his hands off the controls. Okay, and he did, and nothing <laughs> happened. If I do that in a helicopter, nothing good will happen. <laughs> <laughs> but that doesn't mean it's easier. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but I have a comment there about the effect that Zishan was describing that uh, when the helicopter goes forward, uh, it gains lift. There's actually a type of aircraft that just uses that effect. So it's called a gyrocopter. Okay. And then you have, it looks like a helicopter because you have the rotors on the top, but they, they're not actually driven by any engine. So they just start uh, rotating by themselves when you get enough forward momentum and then it lifts off. What? But... <laughs> but but you are talking about auto rotation now. No, but there is actually a type of aircraft called gyrocopter that yeah, just just uses auto rotation. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, but they use auto rotation, not not the other thing, the descending into your own. No, no, no. But I was describing how you take off from the ah. runway. That's the same effect. Ah, yeah. But where is the energy coming from? Uh, from the air. When you the, you start the the rotors will start rotating by themselves uh, when you uh, go forward. So you still have a engine on the back, ah, I see. and then when you uh, gain enough forward momentum, you're going to lift off uh, automatically. And ah, no. the, okay, the, now I get it. Okay. Yeah, the yeah. vertical rotor is going to start turning by itself. Interesting. <laughs> so it's it's a bit like a wing of a plane that actually rotates okay yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's in between helicopters and plane <laughs> ah. <laughs> um, so what uh, shine is talking about is the auto rotation which mm-hmm. is like I, I mentioned the 
uh, something called vortex, vortex ring, but mm. that needs power. Yeah. So if you're actually you're uh, pushing down air with power, then it happens. But if, you're, if your engine is not, for example, if you um, shut down the engine, um, uh, then you don't, you're not pushing any air down. So yeah. there's no danger of any of that. Okay. But then you, um, what can happen is that uh, the, when you're going down, the air that co- that's coming up uh, against you, that they start turning the propellers. Okay. And yeah. that's why when the engine fails in a helicopter, it's not goodbye. Okay. <laughs> uh, you, you can still, still can land, land safely. And but we, we get do, trained a lot for that. How do you steer it when it, the engine is gone? Uh, it's still the same principle because it's based on the rotors. Oh, uh, the, it's the rotors turning, but it's the wind coming from below that is turning. Okay, okay. But you have a high rate of descent, so you have yeah. to be very... Um, yeah, you okay. have to be careful. And, and the rotors you you do by is it electric or how do you change them? So what you do is um, it's a bit hard <laughs> to describe. Yeah. Um, you change the pitch angle of the blades at a particular spot. Yeah. And like it it changes based on where the it keeps changing when it when is the rotors hydraulic? are rotating. Hydraulically driven or. They could be hydraulic driven. They could be electric driven. Like I see. there is many different methods, but okay. it's about it's about the change of pitch angle. No, I was thinking if the engine is gone, then you don't have electricity. But I guess no, you no, have a you battery. Have, or something. You have um, uh, battery. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, and and the thing is, if you, there is no electricity, even as well, if you are very unlucky, both things happen <laughs> at the same time. Um, and and if it's a hydraulic based uh, controls, mm-hmm. then you just have very hard controls. You can still steer them, I but they're extremely extremely hard. So uh, what you must do in that uh, context is that you must not ever come into a hover okay. because you're that's a disaster because you kind of it's too much control. Yeah. So you have to c- come down um, for a run on landing. Okay. So you keep like you slide on the ground when you come down. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in the, uh, when you fly a plane and stuff like this happens, I guess that's a bit easier because you can glide or something. Yeah, well, you have more time, and uh, if there is a good place to land, then you can do a normal landing. Uh, mm-hmm. But the issue is if it happens and there's nowhere to land, like if it's over the water or if it's over a forest or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so the issue is finding a good place to land within the time you have. Yeah. Typically, How much time do you have? Uh, well, tip- it depends on your altitude. Typically, the planes, the small planes, have a glide uh, coefficient of fifteen, I think, which mm-hmm. is that you can go fifteen meters forward for each meter that you fall. I so, say that if you're at one thousand meters, you will have fifteen kilometers. Uh, well, that's quite a lot. That's yeah. quite a lot in a helicopter that I fly. It's like if you're at thirteen hundred feet. You have one nautical mile. How much is one point eight? About so one nautical mile is one point eight kilometer. Yeah. Okay, and um, feet thirteen hundred feet is um, one meter is about three feet or so. Okay, so multiply by three. So yeah. Okay, but that's that's not a lot. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> and the the problem is that in here in Gothenburg, uh, uh, in the whole area, we have um, what TMA. TMA at it's a maneuvering area for Landwetter. Okay. For um, uh, it's at fifteen hundred, fifteen hundred feet. Yes. Yeah. So um, yeah, you you don't want to go up there. So you want to stay low, 
But then if you go on a stretch of water, you have to be careful if engine yeah. fails, what, where okay. do you go? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so how, how high do you fly with those uh, with like your plane? Well, it depends. Um, a, a single engine piston plane uh, usually can't generate uh, enough lift to go really high. But uh, the planes we have can go up to about maybe 10,000 feet which would be 3,000 meters or so. Okay. So you can still go fairly high. I've, yeah. I've personally not been that high. The highest I've been is 4,500 feet, mm -hmm. which is about 1,500 meters. Okay. Um, but like Zishan is saying, you also have these different airspaces which are regulated, so you can't just start climbing without talking to someone on the radio usually. You have to get permission to fly into that airspace. Okay. Is it... Is it uh, Many or is it just around air airports? Usually, or? it's well. Every everywhere you go is some airspace. Okay, uh, but some of it is uncontrolled, and there you don't need to have permission to fly. Uh, okay. But around uh, airports, it's always uh, controlled airspace if it's an airport with a tower. And then its changes like it's kind of like a tree structure. Mm -hmm. So it's like a stair the, stairs. Yeah, it's like the stairs. Yeah. So near the uh, airport, for example, Landwitter around that, like whole area from surface to any height is controlled. Okay. But then it um, like the uh, surface to some height, for example, as I said, fifteen hundred in Gothenburg. Yeah. So there is not there's a free space. Okay. But then if you go further out, then it becomes four thousand yeah. and. It I goes see, higher and higher. The further away you are from an airport, the higher you can fly without getting permission. Mm. And that's obviously because the planes coming in to land, you, you're not supposed to interfere with them. Yeah. So how do you get permission? You just talk to... Uh, you have a frequency for each um, air traffic controller responsible for that area. And mm. you call them up on their radio and say that you would like 5,000 feet, for instance, in Gothenburg TMA. Okay. And they will either give it to you or uh, tell you to wait, or maybe they give you a lower altitude, okay. or they will simply say that they, you can't get it right now. Okay. So they have, they have, they know where the other planes are, and yeah. They just but but usually you don't ask for like high above. Usually you ask like when you need to cross over, like if I need to go to uh, Bohus. Mm. Bohus is it Bohus? Yeah. Buros, yeah. Buros, sorry. So if I need to go there from here, so the best way to is to go through Landwetter. And um, so I can ask, uh, can you? Can I go through? And you can actually go above the, the run Landwetter runway. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and I did that uh, one or two, uh, once or twice. Uh -huh. So hope, yeah. so it's, uh, cool. you can do that. How far do you do you fly? So is it because you mentioned Buros, which is like, I don't know, 40 kilometers from here or something? It's not a lot. Like, um, it's more about time and how how much speed you can have on the ground. Okay. Um, and that depends on the wind uh, on that day. Okay. Um, so oh, yeah. so usually in the helicopter I fly, you have endurance of about um, two and a half hours mm -hmm. um, before you need to refuel. Okay. And um, that could mean many different <laughs> Okay, distances. depending on... Uh, yeah. yeah, I was uh, hoping to go, for example, to all the way to, uh, to Norway, to Oslo. So you can do that. You can go from here to Oslo without refueling. Okay. But that's that's m most, I think, that's <laughs> the maximum. Okay, okay, I see. And what's your, your plane? Uh, we have pretty good range, actually. It's uh, The endurance is about four or five hours. So you could go uh, 800 kilometers or so. Um, so this summer I'm actually going on a trip together with the uh, club that I'm a member of and we're going down to Europe cool. uh, with the planes. So we'll take three planes and do a multi-stage trip. 
probably down to France or Spain or something. Ah, so multi-stage means you we'll, fly we'll, to Germany? Yes, uh, we'll stay there maybe for a day or half a day and then we'll fly to the next place. How many people are in your club? Uh, in the club, I think there's about a hundred or so. Oh, quite many. But not all of them are active. Okay. So some of them aren't flying that actively. Okay. Are you also in a club? No, there is no club here. The nearest club that exists for helicopters is in Oslo. <laughs> <laughs> so that's so, why you're going there. <laughs> yeah. Um, I had a bit of a problem because uh, uh, these people only have one helicopter, which is like that four-seater. Um, they used to have a two-seater as well, with which I trained originally in mm. UK. So when I moved here, they didn't have it anymore. Mm. Uh, because they were renting from Denmark and not anymore, uh, they were, it was possible. So um, I had to go back to England and get uh, uh, like a license converted also for the four seater that they do have. Oh, I see. And so now I can I can fly that one. Um, yeah. Let's talk about uh, money a little bit because <laughs> I I know that you you invite people to yeah. fly with you. Yeah, to, I really need share. people to to go with me to fly. Um, so um, the cost is a lot, and it's uh, four thousand eight hundred uh, kronas per hour. Okay. And usually you do not want uh, less than an hour. Yeah. Um, because it, time really flies when you're flying. <laughs> um, literally, you can yeah. ask the people who went with me for half an hour, and they were like, "No, it wasn't enough time." Uh. So um, and then of course I uh, equally divide it between everyone, including myself. Okay. So then it becomes twelve hundred about. So a four-seater is you plus three people? Or, or yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. So it's yeah, it's like 1,200 per person per hour. And I guess it's the same for the two-seater also? or It's similar yeah. because the price is almost half. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty similar. Um, but we don't have that right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but also the two-seater is a bit... It's, It's not as um, reliable and it's, uh, it's not sturdy as the okay. four-seater one. Yeah, That's, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so you mostly want to fly the four-seater one okay. <laughs> if possible. Is it as expensive with, with a normal plane? <laughs> no, it's uh, cheaper. It's uh, The plane I usually rent is uh, 1,280 kroner per hour. Okay. Yeah. In total. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and uh, it can take uh, three uh, normal-sized adults or two uh, normal size and two smaller like two girls and two okay. guys okay cool uh but are you flying mostly on your own or well i've actually i've no, not charged anyone yet but zishan uh, paid me 400 yeah <laughs> <laughs> i was about to say what i know I you were to <laughs> okay cool <laughs> now i wanted to see how what what this fixed wing is about so mm My instructor saw me and he wasn't happy. I was flying in a fixed wing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Um, what more? Uh, There's differences also between countries, like how you do execute things. Like the rules are the same, but somehow people follow differently. Like uh, I noticed in here, people don't want to talk much. So in the rules, if you look at the radio telephony book, It says that you have to say all these things, uh -huh, okay. and so some of them are redundant. Like, for example, when you contact um, Gothenburg Control um, by the rules, you have to tell them where you are, I see. how high you are, and all that. Yeah. Uh, but my instructor was like, "Why are you talking so much? They they can see you in the radar." <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, I know, but that's the 
that's what the rules say and, what and he's like no don't okay. don't do that okay <laughs> so i was like okay i'll i'll learn to not do that in here and interesting in england i'll still do it <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think people are more informal in reality than what they teach you in the theory mm. in the theory everything is like very specific you have yeah. to say these things they have to answer this thing yeah. but then uh, when you're actually talking on the radio a lot of it is just talking normal conversation yeah. talking as well oh, okay mm. What kind of radio is this? Like, is it something like FM radio? FM radio. Okay, cool. cool. Uh, VHF. Yeah, very high frequency. Very high frequency. It's the the band is just above the uh, radio normal radio band here, so it starts at hundred and nineteen or something. Something like that. One eighteen, nineteen. Okay, okay. And it's I guess it's normally built in into the plane. You don't take your own with you. No, no, it is built in. But we in in here, what what I realized is that you have to take your own headset. Okay. Um, you don't have to. Well, you don't have to, but the one you usually get in here are crappy ones, okay. so they don't have active noise cancellation. Ah. And in a plane, maybe it's okay, but in a helicopter, that's a disaster because you can't hear anything. Okay. Um, and but people get used to it, but I'm not. But in England, it's it's part of the aircraft. You uh, once or twice I had to deal with like no, not not active noise cancellation. It was a big disaster. Okay. So, but when I came here, I, I was shocked. So I had to get one from US, um, oh, which is kind of cheaper. But usually they cost like good ones cost easily uh, above uh, ten thousand krona. Mm. But isn't that maybe because you were doing the um, training there? Because we we do borrow noise cancellation. We we give our um, students noise cancellation headphones. But when you actually have your own certificate, then you have to get your own headphones. No, in England, it's always there. Even if you're just renting a plane somewhere? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, I guess it's up to the uh, people who rent it to you. Yeah, it's possible. Yeah. How long did it take you to to get your license? Uh, well, I started the theory classes uh, on the uh, August 2015, so about one year and four or five months. Okay. And some of it was because um, my instructor at the time got a job, and then I didn't fly for a few months, and then I was supposed to get my certificates in. Uh, November mm-hmm. last year, um, but because of the weather, it had to be postponed several times, and then we had to wait for them to do some changes to the airport. But I would say about it took me about a year in real time. Okay, and would you like to say how much it costs, or is it? Yeah, yeah I think it ended up about hundred and sixty thousand kroner or so. Okay, that's not bad. Yeah. Yeah, and of course the bulk of the price is just the price of the flying, the flying. which is uh, well as I mentioned, it's twelve eighty per hour, mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, you need a minimum of for forty five hours. Okay, and when you're flying with an instructor, obviously he also costs money, so it becomes more like two thousand kroner an hour. So the absolute minimum for the flying would be about hundred thousand or so. Mm-hmm. Um, but since I spaced it out so much because I was working full time at the same time, I used about sixty hours or so. Okay. And this the un, until you get the license you always have to fly with with an instructor? No, actually as part of your training you're training you're required to fly uh, is it five hours solo? Ten hours. Ten hours solo. Of five hours has to be solo navigation, yeah. right? Yes, so actually it's part of the training to fly by yourself. And then you just, uh, together with your instructor, you go over what you're supposed to do, and then you go off and do it yourself. Okay, okay. And if you crash, 
um, then, you <laughs> you don't. then you crash. <laughs> I don't think they will let you do unless they're absolutely sure you can handle okay. it. Okay. You know? Because with the car, you, you, you can't drive around yourself. But a motorcycle, all. you can. You can? Yeah. Perhaps here in Sweden. <laughs> <laughs> no, but with aircraft, it's, it's the same. Like you always have to do solo five, 10 hours. Mm. And there's navigation five hours, what you said. What, what is that? That means that you're going and um, landing in another airport. Yeah. Um, and one of the requ specific requirements is that you have to do a cross-country navigation. Uh, how many, do you remember how many ma a, miles it is? It's 100 nautical miles. Yes. 110, I think. So that's about 200 kilometers. You have to um, visit two other airports at least 200 kilometers away from your home airport and then fly back again. So that takes a few hours. I see. So that's one of the last things you need to do in your training. Okay, cool. So for my, mine, I went to Halmstad and Engelholm. Engelholm. Mm. Well, nice. <laughs> uh, I had mishaps in my solo cross country because the engine won't start. And um, after half an hour of trying again and again, I realized that I had forgotten the fuel mixture off. <laughs> So then after that, it, it went okay. <laughs> I got a bit lost on the way, but I had GPS. So, yeah. okay. and that's one of the things they need, they need to teach you to navigate without a GPS or any electronic aid. So you have your map manual, you know, the old okay. style map, yeah, yeah. and you have your, you have to plan your whole journey on it and you have to like mark it, the whole route and everything but how can't you just fly straight or how does it work the the problem with the as i was saying earlier with the helicopters is that you it doesn't stay in in line so you it took me a long time to uh, find out a way to like uh, keep keep on the same heading because as long as as soon as i start looking at anything else the instruments or anything i'm off track or i'm losing height or something so it takes some skill to uh, but to do that but still you basically plan to to flight straight yeah but the problem is that there is difference between well, your heading and your track so you will map you, you will say like you have a compass yeah. and you go for okay i need to go on this heading but uh, wind the actual wind will be different oh, yeah, yeah, from what yeah. is forecasted okay. so you will actually have to adjust your headings sometimes a lot to to go so how do you know that you are off track? You just you, see it? You, you look at the map and you map outside like, okay, I, I suppose I was supposed to be here, but actually I'm over. So you look at landmarks, yeah. uh, rivers, and yeah. streets. Yeah. And, and when you do your planning, you try to find uh, easily identifiable landmarks yeah. and mark them on your map. And you try to always have a point in your map that you can see. And when uh. you get to that point, you can see the next point. Because as Zishan says, the wind is quite strong uh, higher up. So it can be many times the wind at the ground level. So uh, even on a day when it's not that windy on the ground, you will drift a lot off track if you just try to stare somewhere. Okay, and you don't fly as high as the like uh, clouds are, so you always can see. Or how, how do you do it in, during the night, or do you, don't you fly? Not not during the night. We we can't do that. We don't have permission right now. Okay. Um, it's a special course you take for night flying. Okay. And um, I don't know about shine, but for helicopters, there is a um, minimum of uh, some hours that you have need to have solo flying before you can take I think that we course. checked that, didn't we? Yeah. It was different for helicopters. Yeah, it was different. Yeah, but the thing is that the license that we have and the one that you always start with is called a visual flight rule license. And then you yeah. are following rules that require you to always have visual sight. Okay. Um, and 
but basically it's because if you're just flying on your instruments and you don't see anything, then the air traffic control has to separate you from other aircraft. Oh. Uh, when you're flying visually, you're supposed to look out yourself. Oh, so okay. th- there is n- no separation done by the air traffic control. Okay. And if you can't see other aircraft, then you can go into them. Okay. Um, so there's always the requirements that you have to uh, see. Uh, so you can't go into the clouds, but you, you could potentially fly above the clouds. But then you wouldn't see where you are. No. Okay. <laughs> but uh, you can plot your course and you have your heading based on uh, your wind speed calculations. Okay, okay. And if you know that you will be able to go below the clouds again, then that, that is allowed. But uh, obviously I wouldn't recommend it to someone who isn't very experienced. Yeah, yeah. And night flying that Zishan mentions is also um, uh, possible to do with a visual license. Mm-hmm. It's a fairly short uh, class you have to take. Uh, but then you also have to be in a situation where you can actually see objects on the ground. So you, it's uh, while technically I think it would be uh, legal if you go somewhere where it's like only uh, forest or something and there's no moonlight, then oh, you're going to be screwed. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess yeah. so. Uh, but uh, you're talking about the separation uh, of different aircraft. Yeah. yeah. So, so that's what what uh, everybody. So, so all the normal airplanes for w- which i fly with they are separated yes yeah they are they are flying with ifr mm-hmm. uh, instrument flying rules okay and air traffic control makes sure that they're not flying in the same place on the same altitude as anyone else does it happen automatically or is the pilot doing this no there's a person doing it okay so so uh, he he gets the information and then he yeah, has exactly. to come up okay okay i see it's actually pretty easy uh, once you know what to do <laughs> because um um, yeah, they give you instructions and you just follow them and you just p- look at instruments. You yeah. don't even need to look outside. Okay. So you just follow rules. And, and this autopilot, uh, that's not something you have. We, you, yeah, we do actually. Okay. We have autopilot in some of our planes. I haven't tested it, but okay. uh, it's fairly common to have autopilot even in smaller planes. Okay, so what does it do? So you go up and then is it like cruise control or is it more? No, it stairs for you as well. Oh, but so you have to input the headings that you're going to use. Okay, so you, so you say I want to go first to uh, Boros and then or yeah yeah okay okay I see. I haven't tried it yet. Uh, I we don't have it. Uh, they, they, I think it's only available in like big big ones, uh, military ones. But okay. I'm I'm not sure it's a full autopilot even. It's mm. like just for aiding. The okay, yeah, yeah. pilot. Cool. <laughs> yeah. A lot of <laughs> different stuff. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Uh, yeah. Uh, we have almost 40 minutes. Do, did we forget something important? Which you would like to... Or I have a question. If, if, I, if I or someone who listens to would like to go, get into this, where would I start or who... who would I talk for, for, to? for flying uh, fixed wing, um, I would uh, suggest that they contact one of the clubs in Gothenburg. There's two clubs, Schalmersch mm. uh, Flugklub mm. and Aeroklubben, and they're both at Sava, okay. and they both have websites. And if you go in there, there's uh, information on when the next uh, class starts. It's usually in uh, autumn and one in spring, I think. Ah, I see. Okay, cool. And for helicopters? <laughs> for helicopters, there's uh, two places. Um, one is uh, Svensk Pilot Building. 
mm-hmm. but they don't deal with private pilots. So if you want to do private license, you you don't go to them, oh, okay. and they don't go talk to you anyway. And um, <laughs> for um, if you want to do private pilot, you go to Northern uh, Helicopters, which I'm using. And but you can also go to them for commercial as well. Okay. They are a lot more flexible and. They seem to be much nicer people to deal with than Swans Pillar Building guys. Okay, interesting. Um, so yeah, I would suggest Northern Heli for both. But uh, he, he's talking about clubs, uh, but this no, we we they are not clubs. They are more like schools. Ah, okay. But uh, Northern Helicopters also let uh, hire let you hire their their uh, helicopter. So that's a good thing about them. Okay. <laughs> and that was one of the reasons I decided to then move here because if there was nothing that there was nobody who was renting it I wouldn't have moved to Gothenburg. <laughs> <laughs> okay, see. We <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Cool, cool. Uh yeah, I think uh, I'm out of questions. Cool. Thank you very much. It was <laughs> really interesting. Thanks for inviting us. Yeah. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. <laughs>